Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. It is the 26th of October, 2023. This is like the last day of October. Next comes November, after that comes December, and after that comes 2024. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. Hey, everybody. And uh, it's a weird, it's a weird week this week, um, leading towards the uh, probably the most frantic uh, e-commerce part of the e-commerce cycle. Um, there's been so much change happening in the search world, so much change that is upcoming very, uh, very, very soon. And well, I don't know people might be wanting to, you know, do some searches to find out, you know, their baselines and stuff for uh, for the coming season ahead, and if you're one of those unfortunates who've been getting a uh, we can't do this for you message from Google. It's not you, it's them. Yeah. Google, what, 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 have you ever seen this happen before? Google search is like, I've seen Google search like pieces of Google go down, like a Gmail failure or something, but I've never seen Google core search not work. Google's failing for some people. What What the heck? Yeah, I, I don't think we know what the heck. <laughs> I think it's just not showing up. Some, sometimes when you go to search for something, apparently it's just not working. So and you're started, getting a, yeah, go ahead. Well, it started around 11 o'clock. And the thing that, um, the thing that, 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 that really struck me about the message that, that Google gave is um, it's an ongoing issue with serving search results. You just may see an error page when they're doing a search. We're working on fixing the issue. This is a sentence that got me. Next update will be within 12 hours. It sort of says they don't have a clue what, what it is. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 12 hours is a long time. I mean, because this could affect people's, obviously affect people's traffic. Well, indeed, absolutely. Yeah. ASAP yeah. <laughs> is the answer you usually want to hear from, um, I mean, heck, even from your own IP department when something's down. ASAP is what you want to hear, not we'll get back to you like 12 <laughs> hours from now. You know, I'm guessing it's probably data center related or something because it seems to be pretty random from what I was reading. So, yeah. um, so if you get a if you get a error page instead of a search result, that is not you. It's Google. And also, if you see a drop in traffic today or until we know that it's fixed, uh, it could be affecting you. So make sure you ch- uh, Google has that reporting system now about being up and down, so you can check there to see uh, when it comes back up when they fix it. Um, so yeah, so chances are you're probably not going to come across this problem, but if you do, it's a problem. Yeah. Google, speaking of Google and problems, they've been having a uh, problem being held accountable for their their previous behavior with the DOJ. (laughs) And if you're confused as, as uh, I know I am about the permutations and uh, twists and turns of the case. You don't need to be confused anymore because U.S. versus Google. The transcripts are out there at the capitalform.com slash Google underscore antitrust underscore trial underscore 2023. Or if you can't remember all that, Mike King, uh, I poll rank on Twitter, posted it and below that uh, person posted the link. So um, so you can go there and check it too. Okay. <laughs> Uh, or, or again, the capitalform.com, um, yeah. chances are on their homepage, they got a link to Google Antitrust Probably. Trial. Um, <laughs> so yeah, again, there's nothing nothing new has happened except the full transcripts have been released. And if you there's some really interesting uh, revelations about Google and how they work and how Google, um, things Google does and what Google thinks about uh, its consumers. Um, there's and definitely, evidence. sorry? And evidence of what they think about, because people remember this is all under oath in, in a court, so they should not be lying about any of it. So you might find out some interesting stuff. Okay, so 
we talk a lot about AI. We've talked a lot about um, dangers of AI and uses of AI. And uh, one of the things that uh, I think one of the, initially, sometime around it in February or even March, people started calling for regulations around AI. Um, as of Monday, the White House is going to be unveiling a uh, broad set of executive orders on artificial intelligence. Uh, the White House, can, they use the phrase sweeping order uh, and using the um, magnificent purchasing power of the federal government. So the federal government's wallet, which actually I kind of believe is controlled by the Republic, by, by Congress, but... Um, it is, but there are different there are different um, departments that also control yeah. their budget. So that's what they're more talking about. Yeah, but, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, um, uh, 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 in advance of the AI safety summit that's going to be happening in the UK, Joe Biden is going. The Biden administration should say is going to be releasing a sweeping set of regulations on AI. Christy, do we know anything? That, do you know anything about what, what what could be in them? No, uh, they, they're doing like kind of similarly to what they did with um, accessibility way back in early 2000s, I think it was, um, where this isn't going to this isn't going to affect your business if you don't do business with the federal government. So it's sort of like accessibility 508 compliance and now a CAD compliance. Uh, if you did business with the federal government, you had to have meet certain guidelines that they set out. And since uh, what I'm reading right now is they haven't finalized this. Um, order yet so we won't really actually know until Monday when they release this but it will affect anybody that does business with the federal government also it is going to apply and these often don't apply like this to intelligence agencies Department of Defense and the Energy Department so all they're going to be required one thing we know is they're required to run assessments to determine how they would incorporate AI and AI ugh, I stumbled over that word um, incorporate it but also how they're going to protect uh, you know, against the potential risks of AI. Uh, they said that uh, the administration plans to release the order two days before government leaders, top Silicon Valley executives, and civil society groups gather in Britain for an international summit focused on the potential risks that AI presents to society, according to four people familiar with the matter. This is from the Washington Post. Um, so we'll see. We'll just I don't think we're going to know a lot, but they are going to ease the barriers for highly skilled immigrants. Uh, that was uh, greatly decreased under the last administration. So they make it much easier if you have skills related to um, this field or what they're going to implement uh, to come to the United States on an immigrant visa. It's called a, yeah. it's, it has a special, it's, I don't know if that's the four. On the, it's, just, it's like the B1 visa. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what it is. It's one of those, but they don't specifically say which one here. What's, where's the connection? Um, so there's a new, a number of new regulations that are going to be introduced by the, by executive order from the White House. And by the way, we're upping B1 visas because of these regulations. Mm -hmm. Is that a hint? Maybe that there's going to be a whole bunch of work that needs to be done because of these regulations? Well, I'm sure there will because they're going to require assessments before things are released. So you're going to have to be reviewed. You're going to have to go through a whole government, you know, a review process before you can release things or you can take on AI. You know, when I worked at, uh, when I worked at USA.gov, uh, which was the GSA, that was the big public agency, fronting agency for the federal government, like just to use the email address took a three month background check. I didn't have access to anything. I had to have a three month fingerprinted background check just to use email. So um, it's going to be like that. They're going to have regulations all around it and they're going to be very specific there'll be things like that where you have to have sort of a background check to be able to do xyz they'll have all sorts of processes and procedures we just won't know until it's underway and then also it'll be different in every department how they handle it once they get under the umbrella of well, that i do have some bad news for those b1 applicants yeah. just by the virtue of the fact that they're going to be bringing you over here from india or eastern europe or europe or australia or wherever the heck you're coming from after coming all that way, they probably want you coming into the office every day. It's probably not a remote job. Probably not. I mean, like, <laughs> isn't that so be careful what you wish for, kids. You just may get it. Um, but that would be that would be. Uh, uh, I, I, I remember when the Y two K problem happened, and it mightn't seem like a big deal. Um, look, look, looking back uh, with the um, hind, with the twenty twenty hindsight of history, but 
Y2K was the reason that oodles and oodles and oodles of glass fiber got laid across the ocean. And one of the reasons the was one of the the, the early foundations of the uh, IT uh, the IT industry in India. Um, this reminds me of that. The rapid well, advance in AI, and suddenly we have a problem we need to correct. So, you know, let's get the best minds in the world over here to do it. It's true. And also, um, just to add to this, just real briefly, um, they are going to be building on the voluntary voluntary commitments that the 15 companies signed up to, like OpenAI, Google, Photoshop. Photoshop's done a really good job, by the way. Um, and so they're going to build on that. And then the assessments of the government purchased large language models are going to have to exercise what they known as what is known as red teaming. Red teaming in cybersecurity is like the people that break the models to protect the models or break this, you know, the programming to protect the programming. And it's going to be led by the NS, NIST, which is the National Institutes of Standards and Technology uh, that helps develop new technology in the United States, government agency. So they're going to release the framework for managing the risks of AI. Well, I do hope that um, many of those initial developers of AI can be held to their, um, what's the phrase, good intention, their good intention pledge. Because one of their lawyers, a guy named Cy Damel, D-A-M-L-E, um, he represents uh, OpenAI and a number of other uh AI firms. Yeah, I think he's represented Bard. He um, or represented uh, Google and other AI development firms. Well, he was uh, kind of secretly creating an open letter from the top AI researchers, authors, academics, um, saying that the federal government should not regulate AI. Now, he might have gotten away with it. It wasn't some for some meddling kids who sort of put it together and uh, found his, um, what's the right word, his uh, rhetorical fingerprints? fingerprints? Yeah. <laughs> all, and digital fingerprints, all yeah. his, his writing and, well, you know, if you look at the metadata attached to his documents, it was the dude who wrote it. And he's their lawyer. So, yeah, I hope he... these companies can, 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 can be, um, left to their uh, promises and pledges, but their, you know, behavior suggests different. Well, you know, um, by the way, he got caught by publicly posted PDFs of the letter, which he left all his metadata inside the PDF. So you can be careful with that if you're trying to do something sneaky. <laughs> um, there's all these digital things that are left behind in your, your digital assets. But yeah, exactly. And OpenAI is actually one of the, so OpenAI is one of the big proponents of not changing yet you'll see them at like hearing saying please regulate us please regulate us so it's it's what the tech world does you know if social media did it search did it you know they go and they beg for regulations that they really don't want and then they're behind the scenes they're trying to do their best to make sure they don't happen one of the how to say this one of the greatest assets of the tech world and also one of our greatest weaknesses are one of our greatest liabilities is that everything moves so quickly that we still have the we're going to do this wink nod handshake get it done mentality yeah um the idea zuckerberg's quote uh, move fast and break things that defined uh, a generation ago that defined how we worked with the internet and what we thought about our, our our missions to move forward and all that and i see that same sort of philosophy playing out with um with, with with ai with llms with uh the idea of incorporating these tools into creative works or into uh uh, uh, uh literature um but it all comes down to with llms obviously it all comes down to where they get the knowledge from exactly exactly about movement <laughs> well, I want to throw this to you in a second. I just want to introduce it. There's a growing movement yeah. to limit where AI can train. Reddit is trying to make a deal about how AI will behave and how license how to license content 
that appears on Reddit, if it is used uh, in 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 uh, training AIs or in, in in you know creating the large language model, problem is they can't come to a deal, and so Reddit is thinking of just throwing its hands up and pulling out a search altogether. Yeah, they're gonna so. The, the letter, I think we forgot to mention in the last one, was that the letter was mainly focusing on not passing new copyright laws so they can keep training. And Reddit's like, you want to train on us? No. <laughs> so either we come to a deal or we're just going to block search because we don't need search. That's literally their quote was, we don't need search. Well, you remember how uh, we were talking, was it what, last week or two weeks ago, ways that you can prevent um, the, 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 the robots from coming, or the, the bots from coming into your site yeah. and hoovering to train? The only way to do it is, you know, at the uh, robot text level, which kind of, you know, negates your whole site. Yeah, because they have this tag, which we ha I haven't found the answer to this yet. You might know. So they have a tag that says, don't crawl us. But then they said that won't work. So, which also leads credence to my theory that Google's not doing a straight out loud. They're using content they already have, the data they already have, and remodeling it with outlines. But that's the most side. But, um, but yeah, so it's just weird. So it's like you can use this not to call you, but we're gonna still show you. So, so Reddit's like, goodbye. We'll just leave. We'll pack up our toys and go home. You remember? Uh, I think it was maybe two years, maybe three years ago, when Google said, "You can't really. We will listen to, but not necessarily pay attention to directives in the robot text file. If you block us at the page level, we'll listen to that." But robots text, um, Google will still index the information. It just mightn't display it in search, if I, if I remember correctly. So I don't see why the same wouldn't apply to um, the behavior of their, or their AI bots. Well, I think the difference here, though, is they say they have a separate bot now to block the crawling from the AI bot, you know, the AI training. And apparently it doesn't keep. It does it supposedly not training on you, but doesn't keep you out of search, um, out of the SG. I shouldn't say search, out of the SG. The search, search generated. Uh, well, because that's because search generated SG experience. So Thanks, you said SG so long. I don't know what he because that's anymore. pulling out of the knowledge graph. <laughs> yeah, well, and also, so I mean, no matter what, you're going to be in there, right? Uh, you, if you're if you're an ent a definable entity, it's going to hoover you. Well, and also, I mean, actually, your content though, your like page content that you're still it's still going to could show, but as we've talked about before, a true LLM model for Google would have increased their cost per query 100 times to 1,000 times. So, and people have found direct quotes in the SGE from sites like copyrighted text, you know, like text lifted from a page, and that's not how LLM LLMs generally work. And I can't get any confirmation from Google. I asked Martin from Google, and it took three weeks to get a no, we can't tell you anything answer, but um. But it does seem like they're using like what they already have, maybe featured snippets or something like that. That's just my saying that they're not saying that, um, you know, and, and then using the LLMs to rewrite them, which I think is what is probably more likely going on at Google, which is why you can't, why if it doesn't train on you, it can still show you in the SG because an LLM can't produce what it doesn't train on. So it's getting that data from somewhere. So, so Okay, so you can you can see Reddit's point of view. Um, yeah, it needs to guarantee to its users that if you post something on Reddit, they're going to do what they can to protect your. I don't know. If I'm, your right to that copy, because um, I don't think you actually have right to a copy that you post on Reddit. I think Reddit gets the right to the copy. Um, well, also traffic. I mean, you know, if Google starts just showing Reddit information in SGE. Then why um, should people go to Reddit? Exactly. Yeah. And Reddit is trying to trying heavily push their own their own internal advertising model. And when Reddit says we don't need search, actually they you know they're probably right. They don't need external search. No, I mean Google. Like one of the biggest ways to get to a Reddit a piece is to go to Google and add Reddit to it. But that's because Reddit search was really poor. But apparently they've been working hard on that. I don't know how much it's improved yet. But if they get to the point where people can find things on Reddit, then they don't need to do that. So, well, I mean, Reddit is like takes takes the early directory structure, and and sort of perfects it. Um, this is what actually you know Reddit is very much what search engines used to be, um, except it's like what search engines used to be 
2.0. Um, you remember like Best of the Web or even the even the original Yahoo was all this hierarchical um, set of directories and subdirectories and subdirectories. Well, you kind of got that with um, your topics and then your subreddits. Um, and then and then breaking down by users and you can yeah reddit is uh is is a really interesting other way to look at ordering information on the web mm -hmm. there too and but i can see their point like if our search engine is really good on site now we get it to that point you yeah. don't need to go to google to find our materials then why do we need google yeah well, which is one know. one of the first companies that actually has a model where that might be true they 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 call themselves the front page of the web for good reason. Um, so yeah. yeah, and the effect of chat GPT and AI on how users do things is is manifest. I mean, just a year in, this is a, this is a story that uh, came up from Stack Overflow. After the launch of ChatGPT4 in, in, in March of, of 23, traffic to, the, to Stack Overflow declined by like 15% because programmers turned to AI for answers to their coding questions rather than going to Stack Overflow. This week, the company laid off 28% of its staff. Yeah. Yeah, this is unfortunate. This is reported in the Washington Post in the article about Reddit too. But uh, yeah, so people are using the ChatGPT. Um, by the way, if you don't program, you probably shouldn't do that because it gets a lot of wrong information. But anyway, um, but yeah, so they laid off 28% of their staff, which is going to be a result of these models. And that's why regulation is probably not a bad thing in this case. Well, just I mean, this, this, re okay, so the long term implications of this kind of trend is so detrimental to the AI models themselves. Because Stack Overflow was the ultimate programmer's form. Mm -hmm. You could probably find the code you were looking for and someone to explain to you how it might work. And who, 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 wants, to, who wants to talk to you about it? Like, who really wants to talk about it? You'd find that there. And I mean, this is the, the, the early SEO forms were very much like this. Um, this is a place where people go collaborate, know each other, and you know, in our weird, buggy, sort of techie way, make things. It's a, a staging ground to make stuff in. And um, if communities like uh, Stack Overflow start to diminish and people don't add to those communities, there's going to be less and less and less for the AI models themselves to train on. Correct. And also, this goes back to not compensating who you train on, right? Like had OpenAI had to compensate Stack Overflow for what they were doing, because like Twitter charges $42,000, I think it's a month for the API now for the for anybody. Um, it's like, so that really hurt researchers, but people like OpenAI, they have to pay that now, right? Had uh, Stack Overflow had to been paid because Twitter was just going to block OpenAI. Um, uh, if they had to be paid, maybe there's a chance they wouldn't have had to lay off those workers. But because they, they took the content and regurgitated it without any sort of compensation, Stack Overflow had to lay off, you know, uh, their people. Um, so, you know, that goes back to the non-compensation model. And like you were just saying, um, uh, don't Daniel Coffey, uh, president of the CEO of the news and media alliance because news is also having a big problem with this because now things are showing news like sge is like showing news and chat gpt now connects to the internet they're not getting compensated and he said with generative ai quote what goes in must come out if quality content and quality journalism and we'll add programming isn't a part of that then it's not a good thing for the products themselves or the, the, the society right so if they can't train on anything because everyone's blocked them because no one's getting compensated what happens to those models like you can't in in the tech world like can't be a you can't be a parasite that only benefits yourself we already know what happens we already know what happens and we can see it when we go to spotify aside mm -hmm. from uh artists unique artists like drake or um 
uh, uh, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm spacing on the largest performing artist in the world right now. She's dating a football player. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, thank you. My goodness. <laughs> okay, um, I have those days too. <laughs> so unless you're unless you're a specific artist, like again, uh, Drake, Taylor Swift, uh, Rihanna, um, etc. Chances are, for 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 most artists today are completely unknown. The most popular music on Spotify comes from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And that's not because the demographic of millennials and Gen Xers are so much bigger than the um, Gen Z. And it's not because millennials and Gen Xers are more interested in new music. Heck, we're not. We're stuck in, in our time period, and, and young people are very interested in new music. But there's not a lot of new music for them to find because it's too expensive for the artists. Because the music business was absolutely destroyed by free file sharing in the late 90s and uh, early part of the 20, 21st century. We know what's going to happen to those programmers. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the model's already proven itself in rock and roll or the lack thereof. But also the model as they like the ChatGPT four, although a little bit more accurate, has decre declined in, in uh, its abilities, right? Like the researchers that test these things has declined. And so part of that is maybe on OpenAI side, they put less processing power towards some of the, the billions of parameters. Uh, but if you can't, like we already saw the, the Bing story a few weeks ago, you know, it puts out wrong information and someone posts it, then it brings it back as supposedly correct information. If it can't train on new things, if it can't find new content to train on because everyone's blocked it, it, what does it do? You know, it's just what happens to all that. You can't, you gotta, you gotta be beneficial. Well, you know, you can't just, you can't just take in any world, any relationship, anything you do in life, you can't just take. Eventually that comes back on you. So the AI industry is going to have to find ways to compensate or they're just going to wind up being the snake eating the tail. Yeah. Um, we know what happens there. <laughs> so. And just to remind them, we live in a time of acceleration. So it's going to happen a lot faster than you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm one of those, um, well, I don't feel like a dinosaur, but I often act like one on TV or I act like one on the internet. I'm one of those writers who, for the most part, doesn't use AI in their work. I might use AI in like writing 50,000 meta or 50,000 meta descriptions, um, which I th actually I think is totally okay as long as, you're, as, long as you're checking, checking the work and surveying it and, uh, you know, being careful. Um, but main content, absolutely not. As it turns out, <laughs> um, <laughs> my conservatism around using AI in client content creation is probably a good thing. There was a uh, this this is a this is a I love this kind of controversy in the SEO world because it gets us talking about important important things. Um, Google provides signs you're writing unhelpful content yes this is uh barry's barry schwartz's headline because it was an seo roundtable thank you barry and, <laughs> again yeah our, our our weekly homage to barry um <laughs> so danny sullivan uh google search liaison kind of sort of provided examples of unhelpful content types um Mostly, he, he, he suggested if you write to try to game Google, that's not helpful. Um, Google doesn't find that helpful at all. Find, Google find kind of such a googly, Google-centric world, isn't it? Google finds that uh, <laughs> offensive. Um, listicles, 20 fun things you might do today is Danny's example. Um, writing a 20 fun article, 20 fun things to do might not be the most fun thing to do, and it mightn't be the best thing to do either because Google sees right through that. It knows that you weren't doing that stuff. What yeah. do you think about this? Like, like, do you, do you think Google Google gave people clues and how to uh, how to write, how to how to think uh, about writing? Gosh, I was hoping, I was really hoping, but no. <laughs> I read the entire thread between. Well, there was one person that really took 
they need to task over how this is rolling out, especially for mid to small businesses and how like, you know, big publishers, though, I do understand why they do this. They just need money and it's really hard, but they publish like, you know, the 10 top broilers and that gets ranked because they're a big, you know, big publisher. But, um, and it's not because, so people know, it's not because they're a big publisher. It's because of the signals that they, Google gets from them that makes them a very strong search result. But um, Danny just did the same thing that, that Google's always been saying lately, which also confuses people. It's like, don't write for search engines, just write for people. But I'm working on a site right now, Jim, and I think you know which site I'm referring to without, without talking about it, um, that did that. And they have 50 visits a day because they didn't pay attention to the words people use to search for what they do because they wanted to be unique and make up their own terms. So nobody searches for it. And so nobody finds it. So you can't, this idea of Google, Google just doesn't want people to do SEO. Slow down there for a second. Because if you are making up your own terms for things the terms that, are real words they're just not words people use to find that thing well indeed if if if, if i describe something as a blue widget but you insist on calling it a, a turquoise door stopper but everybody i know searches for blue widgets because that's what the damn thing is but you insist because it sounds so nice that it's a turquoise door stopper yeah. you're not going to get any good old blue widget traffic you it just ain't going to happen but it, but you're also not going to get any traffic at all <laughs> well you might but it ain't for people looking for your product because you're using a term that doesn't describe. You're using your own oh. term when we all have our our collective ways of describing something. So like in uh, when I worked at Zappos. Describe Zappos it in Swahili. Used, well, no, not like that. But Zappos used de, uh, search, like a site search to tell them how people were searching for things. And then they would mm -hmm. like change their co copy on their pages. So when they first came out, there was something called Aqua Shoes. And that's what they were called. That was what the, the people made them call them, aqua shoes. But people, regular people, called them water shoes. They're like shoes, you know, you can walk through the water. And like I live in a desert area and we have like streams and stuff. And you have special shoes you walk through the water with. And they're called water shoes. And uh, and so they changed their copy to reflect what people were using on the internal site search. Which was water shoes, not aqua shoes. So if they were to, to say aqua shoes, which is what everyone was officially calling them on the you know product side, um, they wouldn't get the search. Because that's not what people were searching for when they were looking for those. So, but what? what but that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. Though the inventor no, no, came up with their own special yeah. term, and nobody cared about their special term. Well, <laughs> they called them yeah. water shoes. Well, they were a new product, so technically you would think they could have set the term. But when people when people use them, they didn't say aqua shoes. That was awkward. So they said water shoes. That's mm -hmm. what they searched for. So, but the point being is that when uh, the thing with Danny just put out was just like. Right for users, not for Google, right for search, you know. And it's well, like, but that's it's, great, but it, you, you've got to still incorporate Google's guidelines, what Google wants in your writing for users, because you definitely should write for users predominantly. Um, when I have someone write content, I know you've written content mm -hmm. for clients, you know, for me, and uh, I just say write it and we optimize it later, right? We don't, you don't put a word in, like, here's your word, you must write this word. But, um, you know, the you, you still have to make sure it's in there. You still have to follow Google's guidelines. You still have to use like H1s and H2s. You still have to you still have to do it in a way that Google. Oh, will no, 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 that, 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 he wasn't talking about that though. He he oh, wasn't yeah, he no no he wasn't Christine he wasn't talking about it. He was talking about the bogus, the completely bogus. Nobody oh. gives a damn about listicles. He was talking about content that nobody. You're only writing this because you think it's going to attract clicks and it's clickbait stuff. But it's junk. It's, well, no, we're not, it's not plastic Trotsky's that, that is just littering the beach. In the, in the, those are true. But in the Twitter thread, that's not all he talked about. So that's what I was referring to. Not just the... Not he got, just yeah, the, but he, got, he gets drawn in those directions and drawn into those arguments by the users. What his original stuff, what he was originally saying was write content that is helpful to the user who's on that page. That's what he was originally saying. Then he got drawn off into different arguments and stuff as always happens in the industry. But his well, original no, thing. He was, just, he was more elaborating on what he was originally saying. You're right. He's like, you don't want to do junk art. But ten, ten, you know why people do all those listicles? People click on them. So do users not want that? No, I they don't. They honestly don't. 
Are they? Well, they, that's the thing. They. Do, I mean, they do them? want them. I mean, they want them like they want no, junk they food. Them. They want them like they. They want them like no, they want that new, like that 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 fifteen minute dress from uh, the the the. the discount designer shop that you're going to wear twice and throw away that's that's the kind of way that they want them and for google that's information pollution and that, google's is, got a big problem with that and when they say helpful content they don't care about your listicle because it's not helpful to anybody it doesn't do anything not, that's not true i live in vegas if someone i go online and i'm like what are the 10 best restaurants in, in my area towns we have 3500 of them mm-hmm. so the 10 best restaurants is useful for me they get clicked on because people like the content. They, people don't click on them just because it says 10 best, right? They want that content. So I think sometimes Google is trying to push something that maybe is not necessarily supported by people actually own websites. Because those you don't want to just write junk listicles. But there are a lot of good listicles that actually are valuable. The 10 best pictures of all time. So the if you okay, so so so, so Christine, Christine, what you're yeah. what you're talking about, your your Vegas um, example is a good one of something that actually is very helpful for people that will that will direct people to a good and serve to a good or service that they not only want but they need at least twice a day um the um 10 best pictures well you know that may or may not get a ranking for something because it may or may not be as important as where are we going to have lunch i'm just saying that like google is saying that anything that's done that way is is bad content it's just not necessarily true and he did he did go say later um it becomes well maybe if i change these words to that and add this to that rather than why am i producing this content um that that may be listed as unhelpful well if you don't have the keywords in there it's not going to rank so I'm just saying Google's just being well, indeed, yeah, but you know what? If you're if you are writing the content originally and not incorporating numerous ways of describing the good service object or whatever, or finding ways that provide context clues for Google to fill in the blanks, then you're not doing a very good job of writing. So your content was suspect to begin with. Well, you know what I think what bothers me about this is Google has to translate helpful content into algorithms, which means it's like math, right? And processes, which means they know what they're looking for. But give us something more specific than just write for users. The problem is, I think it's a floating target, though. So I don't think Google can say anything hard and fast. You know, For instance, you know how they have to take um, Core Web Vitals and instead of telling you what page is good and what page isn't good, they just sort of munch a whole section of it or a whole type of different types of page together in your website and give you the average of all that stuff well that because there's so many variables and trying to figure out exactly how much something shifts around on a page or how quickly um the biggest uh block loads there's a bunch of different variables and it's never the same twice right i think it's a floating thing when it comes to content as well especially when relating it to all the other stuff that's out there Well, I still think they could give us more direction. That's all. I was really excited about the article. It's like, yeah, we're gonna get some real hardcore stuff. No, just write good content. I, 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 I will admit, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of dogging a manger about this. I like, I like it's hard to get good. I like it when it's hard to make good content. That's a good thing. No, that is. I'm just saying, just saying to users, like if I have to say to a client, what does Google tell you about day two? Just make good content. What does that mean? Yeah, they don't tell us. <laughs> You know, and then one guy pointed out, so it's not really the helpful content update, it's the unhelpful content update. Because you're demoting what you think is unhelpful content, not promoting what is helpful content, because we know that the nuggets feature, which they're supposed to lift content up, has not been turned on yet. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, I just think it's just a bit too more amorphous for the amount of severity someone receives from that algorithm. Because those drops are 80 to 90% every time I see them. There are... I would suggest that SEO is now a three-legged stool. Content yeah. is one of those legs. Technical is mm-hmm. another. And like them or dislike them, links have got to be in there as well. They still exert enough influence, I'd say, to be oh, a, yeah. a, a foundational leg. But what else? I mean, is there, is there a fourth leg to the stool? Yeah. So back in, I was at SMX, I think it was 2018. Forgive me, pre-pandemic time. I don't always get the years right right before that. But it was, I think it was 2018. 
and Gary was there and he said the three main components of search are content links and rank brain. He didn't mention technical yet. So rank brain. Oh, okay. Why would rank brain? Right, rank brain. And then we added neural matching algorithm after that. So yeah. rank brain and neural matching are added post sort based on relevancy and they resort the results. You can't influence it except through the relevancy of your content. No, so no that's said, a content thing though. So content, what, content, right? and links. Well, no, no, no. It's not a content thing. It resorts based on relevancy. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. But the point is, he said the third leg was rank brain. And then a couple of weeks ago, he said links are not even in the top three anymore or top four. Well, yeah, because you have, if you go with what he said, um, you, you don't take links in there anymore. You have content technical, and then you have, because uh, he did say technical, content technical, and then you have rank brain and neural matching, and then you have links, because we all know links are still super powerful, or Forbes wouldn't rank for barbecue grills for their affiliate pages. Just wouldn't happen. Forbes shouldn't yeah. rank for anything. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> yeah, <hard> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know from the S how space. much of that is paid. Yeah, yeah. sell that space yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyway, so I, I, yeah, so I just think we need, it would be nice to have a little more instruction. Well, well. What can you do about rank brain? I mean, what can you, as an SEO, what can Nothing. you do about it? So, so I, I found RankBrain before it was released. I had an article sitting at Search Engine Land that day about this new algorithm I found. And then it was postponed. And then Danny came out with a RankBrain announcement from Google, which I kind of think I triggered. But um, <laughs> so uh, RankBrain uses click data over a very long period of time. I mean, like years to determine relevancy when you put in a query. So if it's a query, it doesn't understand if you get like, I found it like putting, I was looking mesquite water rights because we were having a drought issues here in the Southwest. And I put in mesquite water rights and I got like mesquite's water, you know, authority where you pay your water bill and then mesquite trees and mesquite barbecue and mesquite barbecue sauce and mesquite wood chips. And I'm like, what is this? And then I followed it among small cities in Nevada for a while. And what happens is over time, Google determines what that meant, what I was looking for, because people clicked enough times that it's like, oh, and then it creates a whole search result around it like sweets in the United States and sweets in the UK, where I live in Nevada, sweets doesn't mean candy. It can mean candy. It can mean a whole bunch of other things, including Dr. Sweets sweat that you put on when you work out at the gym. And But in, in when I was in London and you search sweets, well, you get a whole page about candy. You get the you get a knowledge graph about the calories. You get all sorts of shopping about getting candy and chocolates. So it knew there exactly what it meant here it didn't know exactly what it meant now when you look at it over time it has become in my area much more uh, based on candy but that's how rank brain works again though is there any your day-to-day working as an seo there's mm -hmm. not a heck of a lot you can do to game it to to, no. to uh work for it you can't um, game it and also this is all added post scoring so google scores everything and it gets it ranked so these two algorithms are added after that. So there's really nothing you can do to game them. They're not affected by links. So your content just has to be relevant to the query. That's what it's looking for. So uh, shifting gears a bit. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how this works for webmasters. But Google Search Generative Experience is um, going to be presenting, quote unquote, supportive links in the about this result box click for for a description of why this result is there and google will um create ai generated descriptions of certain sources supported by information on sites that um talk about that website I am again not entirely sure how that helps drive traffic to sell the product that I'm uh, trying to sell, or how that uh, puts eyeballs across my page easily without um, without anything. Google takes that traffic, and one in ten people are going to click that um, supportive link. Yeah, I don't really understand. I said maybe if it's like you're in a city and you don't know anything about it and these other mentions will help people make their decision. But I, I don't see many people clicking it. So I don't think it's necessarily 
bad thing because you have to click to get it. It's not like impeding on the regular results, but um, you know, it's it's part of their effort, I think, to uh, just to make more people give more people information to make informed choices across their products um, well, on search. So Google's had the about this page um, or about this result link for quite mm -hmm. a while now. Um, and incidentally, if you have a business listing, if you have a uh, an uh, e-commerce store on that's that's in Google's index, you really should check that because it'll show you what other people are saying about you. Yeah, I mean, it's a little dangerous, the stuff that they're doing there, because you and I both know how things can be manipulated to harm companies. So hopefully they have some sort of, you know, filter on there to, to prevent that from happening. Because you know how the, the business results, like if someone gets public notice about something that people don't like, how quickly that can become a problem for the business. So um, that could, I don't know how that would work because now they'll like shut it down and they won't let it continue. Like they'll shut down reviews, but I don't know how that would work with the generative AI. Like would those bad postings come in now or would they? Um, no, they so that's a, that's a question. Yeah. These, these again tend to draw off like more um, established review sites uh, rather than uh pulling stuff uh say that um rather than pulling stuff off say uh google reviews or or uh, off of google local um uh this would this would more likely come from 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 a system like yelp um, well, wait, uh, people should be aware this is not the cards that go in the sge experience this is just in this location yeah yeah now google's doing the same sort of thing in Google Images and and using AI to um, fact check and fill in fill in blanks about these images. And in this case, I think it's really useful. Um, so when you do an image search on Google, um, you're probably going to get a lot more. If you want to 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 drill down and get more information about the image, um, it's going to be a lot more there for you. Um, might even show how other sites use the same image. So if you're, you're thinking of going and lifting an image off Google search, well, maybe you can find out who else is using it. And that's probably a good thing to know. It is, or the age of the image. I mean, I, mm -hmm. uh, I don't talk about this often, but I work with community notes on Twitter, like trying to debunk information that's bad. And, you know, there's been a plethora of information in the last few weeks for certain situations that are going around the world that are uh, with images and videos that are old, or from sometimes from video games, right? Um, and so this is a much easier way for just regular people to like check out the image. They're also gonna add if it's uh, AI generated, if that information has been provided, like Adobe is gonna put in all their images that are created by AI, that it's an AI generated image. Um, there's a special data in the background, the metadata for the image where programmers will be adding that information. So it'll be easier for Google to pick it up. So it would be good to know, like, this is an AI-generated image. So you also see that feel foolish, right? Have you ever shared something that you thought was real, and then you find out later it's not? You're like, oh, my gosh, I really thought this was real. And it wasn't that important, so you didn't, like, do three checks on it, right? Like, it was like, and and, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I didn't mean to share a, you know, it wasn't actually there. So it would be really helpful for people, and it would really be helpful for people um, with the amount of disinformation that goes around the world right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're we're rounding the corner, so we got we got a few more stories. We're gonna kind of sort of go rapid fire here. Um, if you see ads mixed in with uh, your free ten blue links, that's um, actually you probably aren't seeing the ten blue links. You're probably seeing an Everflow page, one of the one of those new and improved Google search pages that don't break up into uh, that don't do pagination, that just you know flow and flow and flow. You might see. Uh, ads mixed in um google is testing paid ads within organic listings um Ginny maven the uh, google ads liaison did confirm this on twixter saying we're regularly experimenting and don't have anything more to share at this point <laughs> i love that you know what's, really, what's so ironic about that though it was a little different google took over yahoo because google separated ads from the organic search because um, people in Yahoo didn't Yahoo didn't identify that the ads were ads, but and Google does. But still, it's just kind of funny that the way they killed the company search, it killed a search engine, also having better algorithms at the time. But was that people could trust it that the ads were on the column right, you know, and, and now above, and not in the organic results. So I just think it's kind of kind of an odd play. This <laughs> is Google's mobile search problem. 
Like yeah. they, they need to create a, a small screen SERP that allows them to pump mega paid ads into that SERP, but still gives the lost leader of the 10 blue links. Well, and I mean, they're in the, they're in front of the DOJ for like antitrust. I don't know if that's the best time to like hide images in your organic search results. I should say, I they're still say they're sponsored, but people won't, won't notice that, especially on a mobile device so much. But at least yeah. you'll know if the image was the image used for the ad was AI generated. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> or so you can check you it. You got that going for you. You got that going for you. So, um, is there a story you want to touch on? Because I do think there's one we, sh- we kind of skipped, and we should probably at least mention just so people know. Which one be that? Um, well, there's, uh, there's a few <laughs> scary ones here. There's two Twitter ones that that um, I think people should be aware. Of. The first one we don't have to go into any depth. People know how this works. But Twitter is adding video calling, which will let anybody if you uh, who pays for the blue check to call you um, on Twitter. And it's set to allow calls by default. I am going to go right after this show because I found this right before the show, and I'm going to go turn that default off. It's in your, it's in uh, your, I believe your DMs. You can go in there and do it. Uh, but so if you don't want strangers calling you on Twitter, you might want to turn that off. So that, I, have eight, I have like eighteen thousand followers who could do this, <laughs> so I'm going to turn it off. So that crazy so. Nazi guy who isn't your uncle Phil might call you up around Thanksgiving, whether you like it or not. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, you'd be like, where are these calls coming from? What, Twitter? So just make sure you know. Right now they're limited to the iOS app, so I'm on Android, so I actually can't do it to me just yet, but I'm still going to turn it off, so I don't have to worry about it later. Well, and if anyone of you out there thought that um, Elon Musk's financial difficulties might be your salvation um, from from all this terrible stuff that's happening at Twixter, Probably not. It looks like the banks that load Elon Musk are get kind of get used to the idea that they're taking a bath, whether they like it or not. I don't know though. When I don't see, I'm not. I'm well, not is anybody threatening person. him for real? Yeah, no, no. The the company the companies are losing like two billion dollars. So this. Well, I know, but they're like, the oh, it looks like we're gonna lose two million bucks. Whoa, what's for lunch? Well, they're you know? talking about turning it into a junk junk bond. Well, sure. Maybe? Twitter, Twitter, Twitter shares are worth are worth spit. But they're not yeah. taking it away from them. They're not. Thro- they're not. They're no, not no. throwing them. They're not throwing them in debtors' prison. No, no, they're not doing that. Of course, this is a bank investment. They took the risk. But since Twitter's valuation is down by two thirds in the original time they invested, and these are the banks that, if they decide to recall the loans, he has to pay immediately. Um, they are the major support for him. So also, he has Tesla stock wrapped up in that. And they're going to start dumping it. And the two biggest banks are uh, Morgan Stanley and Bank of America. So they're going to lose hundreds of millions on this. But they're starting to dump it because they see that. And specifically stated, his part of it is Musk's controversial management of the company is why they're looking at dumping and looking at rating it as a junk bond. And I am not a financial expert, so I don't know what happens after that happens. No, but they're just saying that the junk bond means they think he's at risk of defaulting on the loans, yeah. which means they can recall the loans, but he can't pay them. So they're probably dumping them so they can get some of the money back now. There you go. See, I'm, I'm not a financial expert either, but I do know for a fact that if you owe $2,000, you got a bigger problem than if you owe $2 billion. Because see, the banks can collect that two thousand, but they ain't collecting that two billion. It's not; they're exactly. never collecting it. And they so, know he doesn't have it. He sold a lot of Twitter stock to like keep funding. Tw- I mean, not Twitter, Tesla stock to keep funding Twitter. Yep. So he's down to like a. At last time I looked, it could be lower now, like a thirteen percent owner of Tesla. So, which also puts him in risk of being um, hostile take taken over, hostile taken over. But that's another story. Well, he might know a thing or two about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he did. And that would be a great irony if that were to happen, actually. I think that would be it? one of the funniest things ever. Yeah, so I hope so. I really, for just me, because I do think Twitter is an important platform, not the way it condition it's in now, but because it's the one place in the world where I can like go talk to someone, like a famous journalist or somebody about what they're talking about or a scientist about what they're studying, and they answer you. Not all the time, but sometimes. Or you can read who, where they answered other people, and you get that direct communication that you don't have anywhere else. Plus news, you know, things like that. So it has had a lot of important functions. So I really hope someone just comes in with a good intent and just gets it in the fire cell. And sometimes we just need to talk to somebody with good intent. And yeah. that, those often tend to be our counselors. And counselors and psychiatrists and stuff are, 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 are 
went to school to be one myself, actually. And I can say straight up, they're trained to listen very closely to words that are used because those words, idioms, um, tones, etc., all suggest are all hints to how the, the person you're speaking with is, is or who's seeking counseling is doing. As it turns out, if you're chatting with a chatbot and it's recording your conversations, if you if the chatbot's to go back and look at that conversation, it can reveal a great deal about the person it was conversing with. Just like yeah. a counselor can hear a great deal in the conversation you have. Ain't that cool? Right. But it can even do it with background noises and stuff like that. So apparently there is a concern. The, te- the, the researchers have now alerted all the major AI companies that are doing the chatbots. But apparently they have been able to show that it can pick up from just like little things in your background, little things in your voice. Um, it can guess people's cities, gender, age, race. And then they can um, they tested on a bunch of models and it, it was a similar on a bunch of different models. So they're telling companies like, hey, guys, you got to check into this. So they don't know that's an, an easy problem to solve. But you could tie that to advertising, too, which is one of the things that the research company was concerned about, because um, they could build detailed profiles of the users using the chatbot. And you have never given them any of that information. They've just determined it by inferring from the conversation. Well, actually, no, but the thing is, you did give it all that information. Um, you absolutely you know gave it. it to them. You just didn't know you were given it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very true. Um, again, it's it's much it's much like talking to a police officer when they pull you over for a traffic infraction. They're listening and looking for a thousand other clues that you aren't even aware of that you may or may not be giving while speaking to them. These bots, um, they record all the com- they record their conversations, obviously, because they, you know, the in the millisecond it takes to do um uh, uh regurgitate and respond um your conversation gets recorded over time it reveals a huge amount of it and, and as a counselor i can see some incredible ways this could be used to help people and as somebody who's been working the internet for the last like 25 years i can see some bunch of ways it could be used to hurt people badly well it'd probably be used for ads first really let's be honest but i just thought of a funny thing it's funny to me That'll be funny to you, but did you ever in Canada get those late night ads for the psychic hotline? We did. And we just said like during the, the pandemic, they came back because, you know, everyone was stuck at home um, on TV, like late night. like to do the psychic hotline. Could you imagine if they did this with a psychic hotline? I... They'd be telling people all sorts of stuff about them and, and it'd be totally beef in the chatbot. You know, <laughs> I could actually see this being a um, counseling hotline and it being very, very, very useful for people. But yes, oh, sure. I can absolutely see. I just see, thought that'd be funny. Some fake Patrick Jane character out there, yeah. um, totally, totally uh, uh, taking advantage of 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 uh, AI to or chatbots to, um, well, get 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 inside somebody's head, so to speak. Well, fifteen dollars a minute. At least maybe it might have some real information this time. Because if you're a Gen Xer. In the United States, you know those commercials because they played them all the time at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. So. Okay. But this is a, actually, this is a security warning. Um, this is a new one. It actually just came up this morning. Um, apparently, if you are using um, iOS or Mac OS browsers, hackers can force the Apple Silicon to um can 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 force can force chips made by apple to open to give them uh, port access to your system and well they can get in you know get into gmail content passwords um your files etc there's no patch for this apparently um i got this story from ars technica just before we went to air um just be aware, Mac, Mac OS or iOS users of all versions. Well, it's it's the you're Safari exposed. browser. Oh it's yeah, Safari on Safari browser. for yeah. Safari specifically. Um, you're and exposed. it's in it's in the A and M series CPUs. So like I'm an Intel, so I don't think that it's under that one. But I do think the name of it is kind of funny. It's the little eye leakage. Eye leakage is what they're calling it. <laughs> That's cute. Eye leakage. But yeah, yeah. So just uh, just be aware if you use a Safari browser and you're in the A or M series uh, with the CPUs, 
that uh, you could be very much exposed to this. So you want to be careful. So, yeah, well, good, good catch on that, Jim. Well, indeed. Well, these are the, I mean, I, we used to freak out over WordPress security, <laughs> um, you know, because 50 some odd percent of the uh, of websites were, were designed in WordPress. I have no idea how many people use um, iOS uh, mobile devices, but if you look at the stats of some of my clients, the mobile stats of some of my clients, I'd say I love a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's also, I believe it's on the desktop too, because the M is a desktop chip too. So, so yeah. That's it. We've gone full around the clock. Um, before going, I want to give a big thanks to Audience Key, our sponsor. And also, I want to thank the uh, folks at WMR and the folks in the studio for being the folks at WMR and being the folks in the studio. Thanks, folks. Um, any last words, Christine? Uh you know, I don't have anything super interesting today, so, <laughs> so no. Um, I'm going to go help teach uh, college students tonight at UNLV some basic SEO. So that's, the, that's where my day is going. So. Okay, well, brilliant. So links, technical, and content. Excellent. Do it. You should Do be it. back in time for supper. <laughs> exactly. On behalf of Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM, recorded live to podcast on the 26th of October, 2023. Rank well. Write good content. Do all the other stuff. Technical uh, stuff, too. If the search engine can't read it, <laughs> the content doesn't matter if the content's good or not. It can't be read. Be kind to each other. Be patient with each other, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you.